What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Hi there. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. By way of introduction, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. There are many ways we can work together. You can find me at EliseCortez.com or Gusto-Now.com to learn how we can do that. I've also created some free download resources for you at both of those sites. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is a thought leadership platform that enlightens and inspires listeners and viewers with insights from distinguished business leaders, authors, and subject matter experts. By listening in, you're part of the movement to create inspirational leaders and enlivening workplaces where we can thrive and do business that betters the world. Glad you're with us. With us today is Dr. Mark Munoz. He is a tenured full professor of management and international business at Millican University. As chairman and CEO of international management consulting firm Munoz & Associates International, he directs research and business development projects for clients all over the world. In addition to publishing several articles and journals, he has, co-author, he has authored or co-authored more than 20 books, including the one we'll be talking about today, Creating a Business and Personal Legacy. Enjoy today from Decatur, Illinois. Dr. Munoz, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hi, thank you for having me today, uh, Alice. You are so welcome. I want to also call out and share that we were brought together because we were both featured on the uh, the India Chamber of Commerce some months ago, and that's how we found each other. And of course, it was sort of a gravitational pull to one another. So it has to start with, of course, uh, I have to ask why you became a professor and author, because I, I have a suspicion that's part of the poll here. That's right. Well, I've um, spent about 15 years in industry, you know, prior to becoming a, an author, uh, a professor and an author. Um, you know, I've uh, had a career where I traveled in different parts of the world and did all sorts of business and just came a stage in my life where I said, you know what, I have an MBA, I have a PhD. Uh, why don't I just start giving back? You know, why don't I share my experiences and skills and help others learn and grow? And so that motivated me to join the academe and to become a professor. And eventually, um, shortly after that, I ended up starting to write books. And uh, yeah, and hopefully over the years, I've uh, made some kind of impact uh, both, in, both in academe and in publishing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so interesting, right? Whatever we're into, each and, our, each and of ourselves individually as human beings, it makes so much sense to us. And we don't necessarily always understand why nobody else seems to get this. And I love learning and growing, too. And of course, I devour books on a Like somebody said, you read books like I eat cookies, which I love, <laughs> right? And and so, right, for both of us, learning and growing is really important. And I really appreciate that you've now spent the last several years of your life dedicated to learning and growing and giving back that same gift to others. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it's almost been 20 years. I think uh, this year is going to be my 20th year in the uh, in the academe. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, of course, when we first met, I think you would have easily gravitated to my space of meaning and purpose. And then that's when you said, hey, I've got a, I've got a new book out on legacy. I wonder if that would be something worth chatting about on your show. And of course it is. So you wrote it, you said, to inspire people to live a life of contribution. And of course, I am completely with you on that, urging people to do so. Why is that important to you? Well, I think, you know, from what I've seen uh, in my travels and even in the academic setting, you know, people have unique talents, abilities, resources, you know, and sometimes some of them put them into good use and others don't. And my thinking is, you know, we should have more and more people think about, you know, uh, about their legacy and how they really want to be remembered. So uh, the book is really more of a call of a call to action to say, you know, don't just dream about your legacy, you know, that, pursue it you know like you said where you're you're you know we, we need to think about we all have our uh, a purpose in life in some shape or form um i'm hoping that you know this book on legacy will inspire people to really um uncover their legacy and to take proactive ways to make an impact mm. oh mark so one of the great things that unites us is i and i'll say more about this as we go on but i my i wrote my first book purpose ignited last it came out last uh, last november and it's really about awakening it's about awakening passion and purpose this next book that i'm writing about is really about activating it much like you're talking about a call to action so we have that very much in common and I think one of the things that I found so fascinating about your book to really help that along is your concept of memorial capacity. Would you explain what that is and the five levels you talk about? Sure. You know, I think, uh, you know, with regard to uh, memorial capacity, I think there are different ways by which different levels in which uh, a person can be remembered. And memorial capacity refers to the ability of an individual uh, to be remembered in future generations. And in my view, there are five levels, you know, that exist. Uh, level one would be that of uh, extraordinary memorial capacity. You know, those who have made an impact, um, you know, that, that can be remembered over a thousand years. So I'm thinking, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, would be an example, or Siddhartha Gautama might be an example. Uh, and then the second, level two, would be very high memorial capacity. So these are people who are remembered for their accomplishments for a period of uh, over 500 years. So I'm thinking William Shakespeare or Rembrandt, you know, and uh, there's uh, level three, high memorial capacity, you know, people who are remembered for over 100 years, uh, for their remarkable achievements. I'm thinking musicians, authors, businessmen, inventors, politicians. I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln would be an example. And then there's level four, uh, moderate memorial capacity. Uh, these are, you know, special and well-loved personalities who continue to be in people's minds for, you know, around uh, 40 years, 50 years or so. So I'm thinking, you know, professionals, entrepreneurs, or even family members like grandparents, you know, so those those would be at level four. And then level five is low memorial capacity. Uh, those individuals who after, you know, shortly after their passing are forgotten, not because they uh, have, you know, lack of skills or lack of resources, but perhaps they didn't do as much in trying to make an impact in the world. So I'm really, you know, in the book, I'm trying to encourage people to really try to go up closer to, we may not all be level one and level two, but, you know, go, go up a little bit higher maybe and look at ways by which we could really make a broader and more meaningful impact, you know, uh, in, in, in the lives of others. 
I think that that typology is extremely useful, Mark, because it, it really helps people to, to expand beyond their own sphere of understanding, influence, thinking, etc., to really consider what could they do, as I like to say, with this one precious life. And and what I find is that when I'm out speaking on these kinds of topics and, and really trying to inspire people to live their bi- biggest, best, highest self and contribution there's a there's fear of that people are like well i'm okay the way that i am you know this is a nice life etc i'm like and yes it is and will you be happy with that when your day finally comes and you're no longer here so i really appreciate how you've given us this perspective on what we can do in our lives that we really do have this capacity to to really make a difference well beyond what we what we think we can so really appreciate just it's just crisp it's clear it's accessible so thank you for that um, and then I, if you would next, along that same line, you also speak about five aspects of legacy that I also think is useful. Can you paint those for us? Certainly. Um, in the book, I, I mentioned this, I gave this some serious thought and say, you know, what are ways by which people uh, really uh, come up with their legacy? And, you know, and I uh, broken down, I identified five areas by which, um, you know, legacy can be implemented and applied. Uh, the first one I, uh, is theft. You know, uh, what is the depth of the impact that we're making? So, for example, if you save one a life of a person, you know, if you're a doctor or a nurse or, you know, you save a life, of a, that's a deep impact. You know, that's a, uh, the, the impact that you've made is, is deep and, and it has a lot of depth. Uh, if you've educated a person, you know, the impact is, is again, quite deep. Um, the second one is scale. How many lives have you touched or impacted? So, for example, if you're a, best-selling author whose books, uh, you know, on self-help has um, impacted the lives of so many people and changed the course of their lives, that's a huge scale of impact, you know. So if you're a humanitarian who's donated a lot of money and uh, and the money was used to, uh, you know, to uh, find cure for malaria or some other things and, and uh, provided inexpensive drugs in developing nations, that's a huge scale of impact. And then we also think about scope. Um, I think there are individuals who have a legacy impact across different levels. So I'm thinking of, let's say, an actress who did um, an amazing job in the entertainment industry and is very well recognized. But at the same time, she also maybe has donated a lot of money, you know, in um, in the art, you know, has that as a favorite philanthropy. Uh, and then at the same time, this person might have taken the lead in fighting world hunger. So, you know, doing th- three different multiple things across different levels, I think broadens the scope of impact. So there are those that, that um, apply legacy in that way. And then there's this uh, time, you know, the, the element of time. Uh, when did you start making an impact? So I'm thinking, you know, a person who has started um, perhaps, you know, doing political activism uh, at the age of, um, you know, uh, maybe during the teen- teenage years and continu- continuing it throughout their entire lives would have a lot of time that they would put in uh, to, you know, to further um, their, you know, the, the impact that they want to make in the world. And then there's inertia, you know, the kind of energy you put into into um, your legacy. So there may be, you know, somebody who has put in maybe an hour or two a month to forward his or her legacy compared to one who has done it, you know, who puts in hundreds of hours a month to do so, you know, could have very different results with the kind of impact that they, they are achieving. So uh, in my view, there's these five ways by which to think about 
our legacies and how we're um, impacting the world. Depth, scale, scope, time, and inertia. Mm. So, of course, this beginning of this segment is really designed to get us thinking about the ways that we can really access and peel back the layers of of legacy. And then finally, you talk about pathways. You you describe eight pathways, if you could discuss those next. Yes, uh, those eight, uh, they're actually perhaps more than eight legacy pathways, but for purpose of brevity and simplicity in the book, I picked eight. Uh, And uh, the idea is to really uh, encourage uh, people to think, you know, which uh, which of these might best fit them, you know, um, depending on their life situation and their goals in life. So uh, the first legacy pathway I've identified is financial legacy. So this could be, you know, a person perhaps who has extra financial resources and decide to to you know use those resources to do philanthropic work or to donate to certain charities. Um, would be an example, but I'm thinking of more like Bill Gates, you know, who has uh, built quite a fortune and then sharing a lot of that eventually in a later stage of his life, you know, on philanthropic work. So there's also social, um, social legacy, um, you know, be, by finding ways by which interaction across people can be developed. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe a person who created a web platform that allow social interactions to happen in a profound way. So I'm thinking Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg would be an example of a social legacy. But there are also political legacies, you know, uh, maybe a political leader or a president of a country who, um, who suddenly, you know, came up with decisions that changed the course of a nation. I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln as an example. And then there's intellectual legacy, you know, an inventor who created a product that uh, industrialized the world. So I'm thinking Thomas Edison would be an example of that. And then there's spiritual legacy, a person who initiated a revolutionary spiritual movement. Uh, Maybe Martin Luther or Mother Teresa would fit in that category. And then there's cultural legacy, an activist perhaps who inspired nonviolent civil disobedience. So I'm thinking Mahatma Gandhi would be an example. Uh, physical could be one where you use your physical attributes and talents and skills uh, to, to be remembered by. And um, I'm thinking maybe uh, an Olympian who has won 28 gold medals and became the most uh, uh, decorated Olympian in the world. I'm thinking Michael Phelps, you know, so those kind of things. And lastly, historical, maybe an explorer who... Um, uncovered another part of the world or changed the course of history. So I'm thinking Christopher Columbus would be an example. So um, these are these are uh, uh, pathways, they're different, multiple legacy pathways, different things that we could use to make our own impact in the world. Beautifully illustrated, Mark. Thank you so much. And listeners and viewers, by the way, as you're listening to this, if any of you are feeling like, oh, my gosh, you're talking about leaving a legacy like Jesus Christ or Martin Luther King or Mother Teresa. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's big. Step on the path. That's all we're asking here. This is an illuminative journey. This is an this is a, this is an invitation for you to step into what I call step into your shine and give your very, very best. This is what this conversation is about. And on that note, let's grab our first break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host, joining you live from Dallas, Texas. We've been in the air with Dr. Mike Munoz, Dr. Mark Munoz talking about the importance of legacy. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you haven't heard me say this, I'm very excited to share with you that I'm, I've am i got my first book out. I'm way behind you, Dr. Munoz, but I've got my first book out. It's called Purpose Ignited, How Inspiring Leaders Ignite Passion and Elevate Cause. It came out in November. It was my pandemic baby. I'm very happy to share that with you. And I really wrote it to turn readers on to their passion, inspiration, and purpose. So that's why I wrote it. It's something for all of us. If you're just joining the program, my guest is Dr. Mark Munoz. He's a full He's a tenured full professor of management and international business at Millican University. So at this point, we wanted to get into really moving into more of those fictional stories that you wrote about in your book, which I really think do a beautiful job of helping readers get access to what this could look like for themselves. And stories are so powerful, right? As I was reading your book, uh, Mark, I was just like, oh, this is brilliant, right? Stories are the way to go. Uh, and you wrote eight fictional stories to presence and inspire the possibility of legacy for the readers. And, um, of course, they, they, they're memorable. I, I can remember some of them already. So I guess what I want to get to here is what do you most want your readers to walk away with by having read those stories? What do you hope they get? Yes. Well, um, you know, as you, as you read the book, um, I'd like to highlight three uh, characters in the book. Um, Jack Wilson, uh, you know, again, these are all fictional but plausible scenarios uh, a wealthy individual who suddenly at this uh, one stage in his life said, enough is enough. I made enough money. Let me try to find a way to make a global impact um, and found a philanthropic cause that he was interested in. And then there's Philip Court Gomez, who was, um, you know, into politics. He was a politician, but then he wanted to change the course of politics in a country, uh, in that case, the Philippines. And then there was a case of Evie Roberts, a, uh, a student in London who created a software uh, to try to mitigate the negative influences of artificial intelligence. And so um, the takeaway really I wanted to show through these stories is, um, you know, everybody has their own talents, skills, and abilities, and everybody is in a position, you know, to make some sort of impact in some shape or form, you know, depending on uh, where they're strong at, where what their interests are, and the kind of change that they want to make in this world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just for a handful of people, you know, anybody can, uh, as long as they're willing, can really make an impact. And I'm along alongside of you, Mark, I'm imploring all of us to do that, right? I wanted, One of the things that I've really gotten present to, especially in this pandemic, is I really believe that every single last one of us needs to reach deep within to be able to find whatever talents and gifts that we have and bring them to the world because we need that desperately. We need to be able to create the world that we all want to live in. It takes each one of us bringing our best to, to make that happen. 
And so one of the things that I also appreciate about your book is that you talk about how legacy needs to align with purpose and mission, which is, of course, what you just sort of started talking about and what I'm talking about. But say more about that. Why, did, why from your perspective, is legacy important to align with purpose and mission? Yeah, I think we all have a purpose and mission in life, you know, and we all have some seeds of goodness in our hearts and we want to make a positive difference uh, in our world in some shape or form. When we don't accomplish what we're set to do, we become unhappy, you know, and I feel um, that, we're, you know, we're, when we're not really uh, accomplishing what we're set to do, uh, you know, we feel like we're lost. So I'd like to, you know, that's kind of why I think it's important, of course, to be to, to think about our purpose. But I'd like to take the conversation further and uh, to, to expand the thinking into, all right, how do we really want to be remembered? You know, what is your legacy? Uh, and I think aligning one's purpose with uh, legacy, you know, and thinking about, uh, uh, you know, what how we want to be remembered is, I think, one way by which we can find a renewed sense of happiness and a renewed sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And from my work as a logotherapist, of course, that's Dr. Victor Frankel's work in existential psychology, is what I know is that when we don't register that, we, we experience what's called the existential vacuum, which is where depression sets in, where apathy sets in. People find ways to amuse themselves to fill that hole, and it's usually not productive unless we can find a way to actually be of service to it, to the world, which is, of course, what we both stand for. And so, of course, one of the things that I appreciate about your book, which is easy to read and easy to digest, is you actually talk about a plan. You talk about that some key aspects of a strategic legacy plan. Would you share at least a few of them to get our readers and our, our, our listeners and our viewers starting down that path? Yeah, I think uh, a common mistake about in legacy is that, you know, people have great ideas, but execution is the problem, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see that in business, we see that in life and, and all that. And so uh, my suggestion is, all right, let's stop, let's pause, let's give this some thought. And what if we pursue a legacy the way we pursue a business? You know, and when you start a business, we plan, right? We, we're supposed to create a business plan where we look at the management team, we look at our vision and mission, we look at the marketing side of things, we look at the financial side, we prepare, you know, and um, so when we're, I, what I'd like uh, the readers to do, and, and, and our, of course our listeners, is when you think about legacy and you think about implementing it, it's, you know, think about um, things, you know, take a plan carefully, you know, uh, look at the different angles, the different elements on the implementation part of it to make sure that it's successfully uh, executed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and again, why I wanted to make sure that you talk about this, Mark, is that one thing that I know, and I talk about this in, in my speaking and my programs, is that, you know, it's it, it helps us so much if we even just start the process of aiming, of strategizing, of planning. I mean, to plan to be of service, plan to be of something in the world. And it's not, and, and this is really important, I thought about this as I was crafting the, the conversation for the show, is in some ways I think of legacy as being a byproduct to really being of service to the world. However, planning to matter is important from my vantage point. I want I want more people to do that. So one of the other things that you speak about in your book that's re related to this notion of a strategic legacy plan is the importance of creativity. Say more about that. Yes. Um, you know, I noted that in business and even in life, you know, sometimes this out-of-the-box thinking, this innovative and creative approaches um, really lead to amazing results, you know, and so the same can be applied to legacy. 
So when we're, you know, for example, if uh, a company, you know, or executive on a company decides to, all right, let me try to create a um, artificial intelligence product that will help farming, you know, that will help improve agriculture. And let me come up with a product or service that uh, will allow this to be used inexpensively by farmers all over the world. So that gesture with suddenly, you know, uh, out of the box thinking, creative approach can now be implemented and used by many people and could have a huge impact. So that's one example by which, you know, we can uh, use innovative thinking, creative thinking to really make an impact in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. I want to add to that, Dr. Munoz, and that is that I think one of the things that most of us have gotten from living in this pandemic for about a year now is that if if we've learned nothing, it's to find different ways to get things done, right? And, and things that maybe were always there, but we just couldn't see them. And so I guess what I would want to say to add on to what you talk about, about creativity and innovation is the uh, the importance of really looking, you know, like literally, have you looked under your desk? I mean, what does that view look like? It's amazing what happens when we just do things a little bit differently, how the world suddenly appears very different to us. And I just want to encourage all the listeners and viewers to really think about that, that, that there really are a multiple multitude number of ways to get things done. Um, but most of us tend to go back on our autopilot. And that's what we already know and that we've been doing for years and years. And that's so limiting. It may not get you there. So just really want to encourage and build on what you said, Dr. Munoz, about the importance of harnessing that creativity. Anything else you want to add to that? I think uh, uh, I think we really, uh, again, be intentional in being creative and understand that, you know, creativity can really uh, open up new doors, you know, and new perspectives. And um, yeah, I like your, I like your view of, you know, looking at different angles uh, taking on different perspectives, you know, I think would be a good way to, mm-hmm. to find um, exciting legacy pathways. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, to matter, right? One of the things that I really know because of my research is that most everybody wants to matter. We all want to know that we don't get through the end of this life and nobody notices that we were here, right? <laughs> and and so a part of a big important part of that is that we are social beings. And so one of the things that I really appreciate about your plan is the importance of engaging others. And for some of us, myself included, that does not come naturally, right? I love people and I love synergy and I love teamwork, but it's not necessarily the first thing that I go to. So talk more about how we can leverage the notion of engaging others for our strategic plan. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was thinking about legacy, uh, uh, Alice, one of the things that, that I noticed is that we can only do so much by pursuing our legacy plans alone. So an analogy I would use is, you know, somebody who's just rowing a canoe by himself or herself. But if you have four or five people rowing that canoe together, you'll go farther faster. So uh, the same with legacy planning. You know, we got to find ways by which we could maybe have a committed team uh, to do it, uh, to join us in our journey, or uh, and better yet, engage um, you know many other stakeholders. You know, uh, if so, for example, if you are you know your company is doing a social enterprise, you know maybe you could engage suppliers, sponsors, uh, the government. Academe, you know, broaden the scope of engagement with others so that uh, you will have more people uh, rowing that canoe with you, you know, and taking uh, your legacy dreams forward in a faster uh, and more, you know, efficient way. 
Mm-hmm. Now here I just have to chime in as a Gallup certified strengths coach. And so um, this is where the idea of listeners and viewers, if you're like, well, you know, yeah, I really am good at, at ideas or I'm really good at execution, one or the other. Well, that's where you bring in other people who have other skills and strengths and talents that you don't have. Like for me, for example, I am really good. I used to be really, really good at really just getting things done. And over the years, I've taught myself more to create and think and cogitate. Um, but when I really get stuck and I don't know how to bring something forward, I go to my friends, my strategic thinking friends who can see a different way that I can't. And I borrow them and I leverage them and we work together. And those of you that are really strong in great ideas, but short on execution, you bring those people that want to get something done. They need to bring that game and ball over the line. That is what it takes, right, to really create this. So I just really wanted to call out the notion that, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you needing and wanting other people to be involved. In fact, really, to really make the difference that Dr. Munoz and I are talking about, you're probably absolutely going to need that. Anything else you want to say about that, Dr. Munoz? Yes, Alice, yes. Um, you know, just like in a company, when you, you do a startup, you will hire maybe an accountant, you will hire a marketing person, because those are skill sets that you don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. And so, again, having different talent on board uh, can help seal some of the implementation gaps that you might have and, and could heighten the chances of the success of your legacy project. Excellent. Beautiful. I want to talk more about the implementation piece. That's the next piece that we're going to, we're going to tackle, but let's grab our last and final break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with Dr. Mark Munoz, who's the chairman and CEO of international management consulting firm Munoz and Associates International, where he directs research and business development projects for clients all over the world. He's also a prolific author of over 20 books and articles that he has written or co-authored. Stay with us. After the break, we're going to talk about that that little persnickety implementation issue. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. Another thing I want to share with you, if you haven't learned this already by being listening to the programs, is also during the pandemic, I launched Gusto Now, which is an e-learning platform, which is where I've, I've been able to host my Vitally Inspired Living and Leading from Purpose program. And because I love languages, now we're also doing that in Spanish and Portuguese. You can get a discount actually as a, as a listener by using WOP20. That's a 20% discount when you when you start with one of our classes. So you see you there. It's great gobs of fun. If you're just joining us, my guest today from, from Decatur, Illinois, is Dr. Mark Munoz. He's a tenured full professor of management and international business at Millican University. And we were talking before about the importance of implementation, right? So it's one thing to have a really great idea, but where the rubber really meets the road is to make it happen. So you talk about implementation in your book. Say more about that. 
Yes, uh, really, uh, execution is key, you know. So great legacy ideas can be implemented uh, in the wrong way or at the wrong time. So therefore, you know, really planning ahead, thinking about the timing, preparing for it, um, I think would be a good way forward. So we need to prepare a well, uh, a well thought out plan to implement our, our legacy to really make the impact that we really want, is, is what I'm thinking, um, Alice. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, back to our previous points, you're probably going to need some help to actually really fully bake that out. If you're not used to creating a strategic plan, again, get some help. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. In fact, uh, most of us who um, recognize that we can't do it alone do it all the time. Hi, can you help me? Hi, what's your name? Can you help me? <laughs> I've gotten really good at that myself. Um, and then, and then, of course, the next thing that you talk about, and this is so important, is to stay the course, stay with it, don't give up on it, because the going will absolutely get tough. Yeah, definitely. You know, any initiative, legacy planning included, will have obstacles to success. You know, there's no easy route when pursuing groundbreaking and impactful initiatives. I would really recommend staying the course, even when the going gets rough, you know, and the timing may not be great at the moment, but with perseverance, you know, uh, legacy goals can be achieved down the road. Patience, perseverance, I think, would be important, too. Yeah, and again, I want to go back in presence. I mean, what we're talking about here, listeners and viewers, is really, it's big stuff. It's heady stuff. And it's its that thing that we're both asking you to do is to stretch beyond yourself and be of, of bigger service to the world than you think you maybe can be today. It's the stretch that matters. And actually, there's actually life in the stretch. That's what I would tell you as a logotherapist, is even if you don't actually make your, your plan come entirely true, the stretch and reach are more will actually give you more likelihood that you'll get there and you'll be more alive in the process. So just really want to encourage you to to do this, right? To consider this. This is this is meaty stuff, but this is where this is the essence of life. So that's why I wanted to have Dr. Dr. Munoz on the show is what he's talking about is really important. And he's written something that makes it much more accessible for you to to get there than maybe what it sounded like on, on the outside of the show. So um, my two cents on that. Now, let's talk about planning your, your legacy. You, you actually talk, talk us through a few of, if you would, to the extent that you can, you talk about eight areas people need to take into consideration as they consider their current and accessible resources for these. Um, can you presence some of those? We should have that, um, time for most of them, if you can get to them. Yeah. Definitely. So we have all, uh, you know, different pathways and different resources. So when we think about legacy, uh, you know, uh, let's say financial legacy as a start, you know, let's look at that as an example. Uh, there are key questions we need to think about on how we can execute this well. So you might want to think about how much resources do I have at the moment? You know, how can I leverage these resources to make an impact? Uh, we want to think about what other resources do I need to attract? Um, who would benefit from these resources the most? And what should I prioritize? And what should be the impact? So, you know, giving it some really uh, strategic thinking behind, putting some strategic thinking behind it could help you, you know, really push the envelope on uh, with regard to uh, to these legacy plans. Um, let's talk about a little bit about social legacy. So, you know, the key questions to ask yourself would be, what is the current state, state of my social capital? How can it be enhanced? What partnerships and alliances can be helpful in helping me move this forward? So uh, those kind of you know strategic questions that will help you think and refine your implementation, I think, is going to be important. 
And then uh, another example would be intellectual legacy, for example. So we can think about what is my intellectual strength? You know, how can I leverage this strength to make an impact? What training, development, and resources do I further need to get this done right? You know, who should I partner with? You know, who should I talk to? Who should I ask, as you mentioned earlier? And of course, what should I really focus on to make the biggest, deepest, most impactful uh, you know, way forward? So those are some things to, to kind of think about with regard to legacy planning. Excellent. And I also appreciate, Mark, that you, what, what, by asking those questions already out of the gate, what you're doing for people who are reading your book or listening to us today is taking them outside of whatever they know today and stepping into another realm of possibility. And that's, of course, where so much, so much mystery and magic happens. And so really want new listeners and viewers to listen to those questions because they're very powerful to help you step out of whatever limitations or restrictions that you think you have today. Really important. Okay, so you know that I can't not have you on my radio show and talk about legacy without asking you what yours is. What are you crafting for yourself? You knew that you were not going to be able to escape without asking, getting asked that question, right? Uh, I so, felt that, that was yeah, coming. Coming, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. It's, in, it's inevitable. So what are you crafting, yeah. Dr. Munoz? What kind of legacy are you out to leave? Oh, wow. All right. Uh, I think I'm, <laughs> I give this actually some thought to... Uh, at the conclusion of the book, you know, uh, Alice, uh, I, I think I, I'm leaving behind an intellectual legacy uh, mm-hmm. out of the different types that I mentioned. Uh, as an, I've been an educator for almost 20 years now, and uh, and um, I'm hoping that you know the lessons I taught in the classroom, uh, the skill sets I've uh, taught the students, uh, will be remembered and we will be put to good use and. Uh, you know, could help them grow and maybe become better persons down the road uh, and successful people down the road. And I'm hoping that as an author, the books that I've uh, written uh, can help you know, people, again, uh, be educated and to live better lives as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, and hopefully uh, these efforts, you know, in teaching and writing would be in my own small way, my, my legacy as well. So, uh, and this book, out of all the books that I've written, uh, this has been my personal favorite. Um, you know, many of the books that I wrote are really written from the brain rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. This book, I felt I just let it flow. There was no, you know, very little. There's some research, but not as much as the others. So this was written from the heart and, and, and what I really felt like a message I wanted to convey um, you know, to to my readers and to hopefully in some way uh, change their lives and help encourage them to 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 make an impact on the lives of others too. Mm. That's delicious and right up my alley, of course, as you know. So I want to present something for our listeners of what you just did there, Dr. Munoz. That's really, really important. Um, I didn't ask the question outright, why is this important, but you answered it. And what I would have to glean underneath that is that you have a there's some values that are present there for you. So I would say that you value learning, growing, intellectual endeavor, contribution. Is any of that right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is why this is important for us to talk about, especially from the vantage point of, as I said before, about 
that there's actually um, meaning to be registered in the pursuit of, of giving and leaving this, this legacy. So for you listeners and viewers who have not heard me say this before, I'm going to share with you because we've got some time to do this. Um, there are, from a logotherapeutic vantage point, there's three sources of meaning that we have available to us all the time as human beings. And by the way, according to logotherapy, and I would agree with this, our number one pursuit in life is meaning. That's what we're all out to, to get and be and to experience is meaning. So these three sources of meaning, and Dr. Munoz, you just spoke to them, although maybe not intentionally, but I can use your story now as a way to, to teach, is that the first source of, of meaning that we have access to is our is, is creative, our creative values, our creative contributions. And that's what we give of ourselves to the world. But the reason that becomes meaningful is because we value that which we contribute. So if I contribute for example, I could contribute a pretty fantastically typewritten manuscript written by someone else. That would not be meaningful to me because I didn't create it from myself. I did it. I have a, a talent that I use to be able to bring somebody else's work to the world. It wouldn't be valuable or meaningful for me. So the first one, that creative then, I translate that to passion. So what I hear in your work, Dr. Munoz, is you are passionate about creating this, this legacy that allows you to express your own intellectual abilities and your, your capacity to learn and grow in such a way that it, secondarily to the next source, inspires others. Okay, so then our second source of meaning is those, ex those experiences and encounters that are meaningful, that again, that align with our value system, that register for us as meaningful. Um, and th so this experience alone with, for me, is, is, is an inspiration because you've given something to me, Dr. Munoz. By reading your book and by sharing with my listeners, you gave me an experience that's meaningful to me. And so what I would say is that you being an author and a, and a speaker and what you're doing across the world with your, with your consulting is a way for you to inspire others to co come along with you to create their legacy and to live it. So that's the that's the experiential inspirational vein. And then the last source of meaning is is attitudinal. And that's the stance that we as individuals take against anything that, that confronts us in life. And we always have the, the freedom and the responsibility to choose that attitude. And that's of course the mindset piece. So I hear you you said at the beginning of the show that you had spent several years in industry in the last 20 years now in academia. And so you're, you've chosen this path to make the difference through this path. That That is an attitudinal choice. So now that I've said those those three sources of meaning, I'm just am curious um, how that landed for you. What did you get from your own experience in this legacy that you're out to create? Well, um, one is that the, the insight I, I, I gathered, Alice, is uh, I'm glad I took this path. You know, I, I feel I feel happy, and uh, you know, if if I did not, you know, I, I do multiple things. I I do business, I write, and and and, and I teach, and um, so there are different pathways by which I try to to make an impact in in others' lives, and and all of them make me happy, and I could I couldn't uh, uh, do uh, you know just ignore one. You know, there it has to somewhat come together. All these three. Are happening simultaneously, and uh, they they all bring me some level of joy. And I think uh, the convergence of these three allow me to kind of you know make uh, a unique contribution, perhaps, uh, because there are things that I could say in the classroom that were you know developed from my business experiences, and there are things in my in my business that I could take from what I've learned in the classroom. And there, you know, obviously, uh, in my books, there are experiences from both areas that I could bring together. So, um, although it wasn't intentional, 
uh, I just followed my interest and, and what I was, you know, I felt passionate about and then um, and then use them in some way to help others. I think that's kind of where it all is. And hopefully that's the way I will be remembered as well. Mm. So uh, last week on the radio show, we talked with Brandon Peel, who is a, a purpose guide. And he also does this really amazing thing where which he and I are, are aligning on, where he talks about, you know, the, the awareness of the cosmos and that there is this interactivity between all beings and the cosmos, which I completely align on. And part of my next book will address that as well. And so what I, when you talk about what you just said there, Dr. Munoz, what I hear at work is what I would call... Uh, the the divining rod at work right which i you know it worked in my life too where i just followed when we when we're really clear about who we are and we're obedient to that which is arising within us that which is called whispering in our ear saying hey do this this is important to you it's when we ignore that when i is when i think we get ourselves into trouble and we lose the the anchor to fulfillment and purpose and meaning so what i hear you say is that you were you were just obedient to that internal source, whatever that is for you. Uh, Alice, you are spot on, and it's just mind-boggling. You really got it. <laughs> I mean, it's um, that, that's really the truth. Uh, it seems like I'm just obeying orders. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm just following what, what I'm supposed to do. In fact, Alice, you know, th- this book, uh, you know, uh, creating a personal and business legacy, there were three instances where this book may not have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there were, and all of these instances just melted. You know, there were, there were roadblocks and then they just melted away. You mm-hmm. know, a roadblock, it just melted. It's just, you know, and then a publisher just supported it. I wasn't so sure that it was, was going to be a book. Some said it was too short. Some said, you know, it was... Um, uh, it was not right their, their alley because it wasn't exactly business. It was a little bit different from, from my typical publishers. But then I found the right publishers. You know what? When we're thinking about developing employees and, and looking at their you know career development, this is a perfect book. So, you know, uh, it just it just so happened. And, and it just made me understand at that point in time that this book was meant to be. And it's, uh, you know, it's hopefully... You know, you, you know what, what I when I write books, Alice. It's a lot of work, as you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, my my thinking is, if my book just impacts one life, just one, I, I'd be very very happy, and I feel very very fulfilled. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, but as you said, I'm just obeying orders. Yeah. And so two things. That's so beautiful what you just presenced. And I want you to listen, or listeners and viewers, if you just notice what happened when you shared that, how you could just see him, his whole soul was coming through what he was saying. That's what that's just it's so beautiful to witness when when you're working from passion and purpose. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. And it's there's so much we can do from that. Um, and so that whole notion of just being pure and, and true to what what it is trying to come through you to give that to the world. That's the gift. Um, and and so I just want to say thank you for honoring that, Doctor Munoz. Thank you. We are we are the beneficiaries of that because you followed through and you listened to that and you were obedient and you did the hard work and persevered and implemented and followed it through. We now are the beneficiaries of that. So thank you for following your heart and your spirit and your soul and your purpose. Thank you for. Um your added insights, uh, Alice, and bringing clarity to some of these, you know, uh, at times, you know, I, I'm not so sure on, on, on how it happened or why it happened, but I think your insights today has just kind of enlightened me quite a bit and said, you know, maybe 
Yeah. I ought to be reading your book too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think there's just so much synergy between what we're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do too. And again, you know, we, we were we were paying attention. We we fought we were obedient to this internal divining rod and here we are together and we created something that didn't exist before. And I'm grateful that you got some new insights. I love doing that with people. It, it is part of my gift and I appreciate that you you took it and the the, the contributive contributive spirit in which I, I intended it. So thank you for that. And here we are already at the end of the show. I don't know how fast it just always evaporates, especially when we're having fun. So, you know, Dr. Munoz, that this show is listened to by, by people across the globe. And we're all in it really to try to help create environments where people can experience that meaning in their lives and their work. And where inspirational leaders make a difference to, to people. And, and we help raise the bar of business. Having said that, what do we leave our listeners with today? Well, uh, Alice, I think, you know, whatever our role is in society, wherever in the world we are, we all have talents, we have interests, we have resources that would enable us uh, to make an important and lasting impact on society. Uh, We can do this at a personal level or even in a corporate level. We are all in a position to make a difference. And at times, you know, there are people who watch things happen and there are people who make things happen. So I, I would encourage everybody to to make an effort, to make things happen, to pursue their legacy dreams and, and make it a reality. And I would like to, you know, to um, encourage everyone to do it as soon as possible, as early as possible. And, um, and I'm, very, I'm fairly sure that if you do that, then you would find a new sense of happiness and a renewed sense of fulfillment. Thank you, Alice. Oh, my gosh. What a delicious way to finish the show, Dr. Munoz. Thank you so very much for sharing your heart, your soul, and your purpose with us today. For our listeners who might want to contact you, what's the best uh, website for them to visit and ultimately find you through? Oh, they could find me at the Millican University website, you know, www.millican, M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N.edu. Do a search for Dr. Munoz. You'll find me. Excellent. I think that some people will want to follow up with this conversation. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Last week, if you missed the show, show live, you can always catch a re-recorded podcast. We are on the air with Brandon Peel, a purpose guide and the author of Planet on Purpose, your guide to genuine prosperity, authentic leadership, and a better world. We talked about some of the science behind purpose, why it works, and even looked at um, the purpose of the United States and other nations as they reevaluate why they're here. Fascinating. Very, very meaty conversation. Next week, we'll be on the air with Robert White talking about his book, Living an Extraordinary, Extraordinary Life, and hit what he's learned by his 30 years in the personal effectiveness training business. See you there. Remember, that works at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.